What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. And I'm Chip. I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share a podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please support the show. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about all the top waiver wire pickups for week eight. But before we do that, let's get on to some of the news that broke on Monday. Now, the big news out of Arizona is that Adam Schefter has reported that Kenyon Drake will miss several weeks due to an ankle injury. Now, we knew that he left the game on Sunday night on the cart. There was fear that he might have broken his ankle, but the x-rays and the test came back positive. He's dealing with the ankle sprain. So obviously that's the, the good news that he won't be out for the rest of the season, but he'll be missing a few weeks. So that's something that you have to monitor based on who's available in your league if Chase Edmond is there, but I'll be talking about him shortly. And then Chris Carson of the CL Seahawks, he's going to be week to week. He's dealing with a, a foot injury. Um, he had his x-rays just like Kenyon Drake. X-rays came back negative. MRI will be, they're still waiting on the results of the MRI, but Kenya, uh, for Chris Carson, a little better news. He should be he should be able to play on in week eight, but they're going to take it pretty pretty conservatively and just make him come back when he's ready to play and he's healthy, but just monitor his practice throughout the week. And then Bengals coach Zach Taylor has stated that Joe Mixon continues to be day-to-day with his foot injury. We all know that he he missed week seven, and Giovanni Bernardo was the guy who replaced him and got the workload. So another player to monitor his practice reps for the week, but chances that they could play. So that's that's the the, the, the positive side. Is it likely? Probably not, but at least that they're not going to be out for a substantial amount of time, at least Joe Mixon. So uh, with that being the case, let's go on to the Monday night football game. The Rams beat the beat the Bears pretty easily, 24 to 10. And honestly, this was pretty a pretty boring game. I had this game on in the background. Uh, I was just obviously paying attention to it to see, you know, what happened fantasy-wise. But, you know, Jared Goff, he had a decent game against the Bears defense. You know, the Bears defense is a pretty stingy pass defense. He scored, you know, he threw two touchdown passes. Nick Foles had a bad game. He had two interceptions. And, you know, I wonder if the the Bears are going to go back to Mitch Trubisky. You know, Nick Foles is not the answer. He's not winning the games that they're hoping. You know, it's this team is just not playing as well. And I'm just wondering if they just go ahead and switch, make that switch back to Mitch Trubisky. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because I was listening to the broadcast on Monday Night Football and they're saying that Brian Greasy was talking with Nick Foles about, you know, just the play, being a starter again, the play calling, all that. And he had made a comment. Nick Foles made a comment saying that, you know, sometimes Matt Nagy calls plays that are too long to try to execute based on the time he has to throw the ball. And that's kind of a, a little dig at Matt Nagy because sometimes, you know, you obviously every coach has a game plan. There are certain plays that you're going to try to try out throughout the game, but when you play a defense like the Rams, you have to be careful on trying to do too much. And it felt like that was the case on Monday night is that they needed to get the ball out quick. They're trying to get, they should have gotten the ball more to Allen Robinson. It wasn't happening. And if you look at what happened on the other side of the ball with Jared Goff, Sean McVay knows how to use Jared Goff and succeed against a defense that's as tough as Chicago. You know, I was looking at next gen stats and they had, you know, put a tweet out saying that, this is how Jared Goff was successful against the Chicago Bears. And obviously, he did very well under no pressure. He had two touchdown passes. 
He did well when he threw the ball down the seam. And then he succeeded with his two touchdowns based on throwing the ball for 10 yards and less. So they had to, they got the ball out quick. They did exactly. They tried to avoid Khalil Mack in trying to deal with that pass rush. So like, I'm pretty sure that the Chicago Bears did this type of game plan, but it seems like when a quarterback calls out the coach about changing plays or you know not be able to do a certain play based on the time they have to execute it, that's a that's a big statement to say. So I'm wondering if there's gonna be any type of like, you know, conversation between Nick Foles and Matt Nagy. But when you're when you're actual your starting quarterback is is actually calling you out, um, not a good sign. Um, when it comes to Rushing, uh, David Montgomery, another quiet game. He had 14 carries of 48 yards. He had 3.4 yards per carry. This is a guy you have to really wonder about fancy wise. This is the guy that you continue, you know, you continually start throughout the weeks because he is your starting running back. He's going to get you your workload, but I mean, he's just he's just not giving you the the production you're looking for in fantasy to try to win a week. Now, I understand, I mean, you're going to play him. If you have David Montgomery, it's hard to bench him if you don't have anybody behind him that's better than him. But definitely having a rough season. And when it comes to the Rams, Daryl Henderson, you know, he had 15 carries for 64 yards and didn't have the touchdown. But Malcolm Brown came and had 10 carries for 57 yards and the touchdown. So this is the, the issue we have with the Rams' backfield. You just don't know which one you want to start based on upside. Obviously, Daryl Henderson's the starting running back. But based on the situation of the game, they bring in Malcolm Brown. So you saw that Malcolm Brown, you know, didn't have any receptions, but Daryl Henderson had two. So like, it's just one of those things where I think Malcolm Brown, if you're in deeper leagues, he's definitely a flex play based on the usage because they are still using him. But it looks like Daryl Henderson continues to be the starter, but his upside is definitely capped. And when it comes to the receivers, Allen Robinson had a quiet game. I mean, not not bad for a PPR standpoint, but he had four receptions for 70 yards, had a really nice catch down the field later in the game. Uh, he went out in the fourth quarter. With the, it looks like he had a concussion. Um, you know, pretty much that was it with the, the Chicago Bears when it comes to the Rams. Josh Reynolds actually had the most receptions with four receptions for 52 yards. Cooper Cup, actually, I'm sorry, Cooper Cup had the most six receptions for six receptions for 43 yards. And then you had Robert Woods, three for 22. Uh, Joe Everett had, he was four for 28 and a touchdown. Uh, you know, Tyler Higby was dis, uh, deactivated on, he was inactive on Monday night. So he was a guy that benefited from being, you know, being the tight end that was, was actually active. Um, but with that being the case, I mean, that's, that's it for the Monday night reaction. I mean, just a team that are going in two different directions. I mean, the Bears, they're five and two, but they're an ugly five and two. Five and two. I don't know how long they're going to sustain that going against the the NFC, you know, North. That's going to be a tough division to try to win. I mean, they got a good defense, so that's obviously part of the equation. But the Rams continue to look good, and that NFC West continues to be one of the toughest divisions in the league. So, very interesting to see what the Rams do in the next few weeks. They have a really you know tough schedule coming up, but. Um, they're definitely, you know, keeping themselves in pace with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Um, so now let's transition into all my top waiver wire pickups for week eight. And of course, like every week, we're going to start with the quarterback position. I always have this guy on here just because I feel like he's still, he should be owned in a lot more leagues. He is owning 69% of the leagues now. So his, his own, you know, his ownership is going up, but Justin Herbert, if he's there, he's out there in your waiver wire for some reason grab him 
You know, he is, he had another massive game. He continues to outperform what, you know, anyone expected. You know, he's averaging 30 points per game. So he's definitely a playable quarterback each and every week. He plays Denver in week eight. So a, a, a winnable matchup there. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely, if he, if he can't start in your league, he's definitely a streamer. So based on your roster, who you have, maybe you have a bye week, but he's definitely someone you should start in week eight. Uh, you know, Denver's given up 20 p- fancy points to the quarterback, so that's definitely a good sign. And the second guy that I think is a good pickup is Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr is owned in 25% of leagues. You know, he's averaging 24 points per game. You know, he plays Cleveland this week, and we just saw what Joe Burrow did to the, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, torched them for over 40 fancy points. You know, it's they have the pieces. You know, you look at what... They have they have Darren Walder. They have Henry Ruggs, who's a speedster. You know they they got Hunter Renfro, who's good in the slot. I mean, obviously Josh Jacobs. I mean, they have some pieces where they can do some damage against the Cleveland Browns. So I do think that Derek Carr is a a fine streamer this week. And then going on to the running back position, the 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 number one ad for any position this week. If Chase Edmonds is out there in your leagues, you need to grab him. He's fifty five percent owned. So obviously he's out there in 45% of the league. So if he's there, grab him. You're going to get an RB, you know, fringe RB1. You know, he had 21 fantasy points on Sunday. So he definitely has been outshining Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had a good week last week. But I do think that because Kenyon Drake just got injured, Chase Edmonds will be the starter. And I think even when Kenyon Drake comes back, Chase Edmonds will continue to be the star. So I think you have a starting running back for the rest of the season. So Chase Edmonds is out there and you have Fab left. Just go after him and get him because he is definitely going to be a good fancy option, you know, for the rest of the year. And then second, I'm going to go with uh, Carlos Hyde. You know, Carlos Hyde, he's owned in 5% of leagues. So he's out there in pretty much all the leagues. You know, with with Chris Carson being week to week, if you need a running back and you definitely desperately running back help due to injury or bye weeks, Chris Carson definitely, uh, if he's not playing, Carlos Hyde is definitely the guy you want to try to play. The Seahawks are a run heavy offense. You know, when Carlos Hyde took over for Carson, he has 16.6 fancy points on Sunday night. So this is definitely a good option for you if you need somebody as a, you know, as a flex for your flex. So Chris Carson def- or Carlos Hyde is definitely a player that you want to to get while Chris Carson's out. And then Giovanni Bernard, I think Giovanni Bernard, he definitely deserves a roster spot based on how the Bengals use him. But if Joe Mixon continues to be out, Giovanni Bernard is a definite start in the, at least in the flex, you know, he's 50% owned, you know, with Joe Mixon be considered day to day. It's definitely a guy that can handle the workload. He will be the bell cow. He had a good fancy outing on Sunday in his absence. So if, if, if Giovanni Bernard's out there, you know, pick him up because we have no idea what Joe Mixon will do in week eight based on his injury, if he's going to play. And then moving on to the 49ers running backs. Obviously, Jeff Wilson just got put on IR. Raheem Mostert has been on IR. So I think that next man up. So Jarek McKinnon was a guy that they didn't want to play much on Sunday, which had no idea. We just reading some of the news and... It looks like they're on purpose trying to rest Jerk McKinnon. He only played 12 snaps on Sunday. Now, they like Jermichael Hasty, so this is a guy that you want to see if he's available in your leagues. And I think another guy that you can look at is, is Tevin Coleman. He is on IR, 
but they're very slim at running back. So we saw that with Jerick McKinnon active and then Jeff Wilson active. They saw that you saw that Jeff Wilson took the lead back role. So I am wondering if Jamichael Hasty is obviously playing, he's going to be the starter over Jerick McKinnon. That's hard to determine, but Kyle Shanahan knows how to use his running backs. So it's always interesting to see how that will play out. But I do think Jamichael Hasty is definitely a guy they like and they're going to play. So I think he's a good waiver wire add. And then they do get the Dolphins at week eight. So that's a favorable matchup. And my last running back on my list is LaMichael Pirine of the New York Jets. Now he's 11% owned. He is, you know, sharing some time with Frank Gore. But on Sunday, he had 40, you know, he got 40 snaps. So he outsnapped Frank Gore and he scored a touchdown. Now, I understand this is a gross, gross situation in New York on playing any Jets players. But you want a guy that doesn't get the workload, possibly fall into the end zone, get you a touchdown. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to hope for with a 40 point game. But he's a guy that if you need the help in a bye week, he may be a guy that you can add to your flex. Um, Just hope for the best. Now, moving on to the wide receiver position. Now, I didn't realize this guy was this owned in all the leagues, but I have Antonio Brown as my number one pickup, but he's owned in 75% of your leagues. So was not expecting that. So I'm assuming he's not available in your league. I was lucky enough to grab him in my dynasty league, um, my dynasty slash keeper league. But it's one of those things where once that news broke, a lot of people ran to the waiver because he was free. So I think that if that was you, Good for you because that was smart on your part to try to pick up Antonio Brown. Obviously, we definitely don't know what his status will be in the sense of like, he is going to be coming back in week nine against New Orleans Saints and word is that he can practice on you know, Wednesday. So if he passes all the protocols and the COVID stuff, he can practice on Wednesday. But I did not realize he was owning so many leagues, but most of y'all probably either drafted him and just kept him on your roster on your bench, or you just picked him up when you heard the news break that he might've been coming back and then he signed with the Bucks. So definitely don't know how his usage is going to be. I mean, you got a bunch of talent on the Tampa Bay offense, really not sure how Antonio Brown will be. Um, you know, in, initially I think that obviously when it comes to like Tom Brady, I think he's a must start every week, but Antonio Brown, he definitely should deserve some type of flex play, but I don't know how that's going to play out based on once he gets to Tampa and then practicing and how they'll use him against the Saints. So definitely be interested, but he's definitely a guy that needs to be added. If you're in that one of those leagues where he's not added or owned, grab him. And then Cleveland Cleveland uh, Browns receiver Rashard Higgins. Now he's not owned in any leagues. I think this is the guy that could he possibly replace OBJ. You saw on Sunday, you know, he had six tar- he had six receptions for 110 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but you always want to see a player that's going to get the the targets. And right now, I mean, obviously Jarvis Landry would be the target leader, but Rashard Higgins definitely deserves an ad in a sense of like deeper leagues. Maybe he's a, a guy that you can see what happens, but he's, he's not a guy that you're going to use all your fab on, but he definitely is a guy that should be added to your roster. And the same thing for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now he had the touchdown on Sunday. He's the one who got the, the game-winning touchdown. He didn't have a lot of the target share, but just another piece for the for the Cleveland Browns. So um, I think that they definitely deserve a look. And then going to the 489, I think Brandon Ayuk deserves to be, you know, added to your rosters. You know, we saw Debo Samuel go out with a hamstring injury. He may miss some time. So Brandon Ayuk has been actually second on the 49ers in target share. 
So definitely, with, he has 14% of the target share. So I think that, obviously, they like him. They're using him. He can catch the ball. He can you know run reverses. So he's definitely a multi-utilized player. So I think Brandon Ayuk is a good guy, good, uh, a good guy to add to your roster. And this is a guy that is coming off an IR. And I think that this is a sneaky pickup is Jalen Rager of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Carson Wentz desperately needs help. And I think that Jalen Rager is a good piece to add for very cheap of your fab. You know, he's going to get part of the targets, right? I mean, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't come back yet. We just saw Deshaun Jackson go on IR again. You know, we're still, I mean, Travis Fulgham is the guy that's there. So I think, you know, Jalen Rager is a guy that you could add that's going to be pretty cheap. And I do think that um, my next player, Sterling Shepard, he's a good guy to pick up as well. You know, he came off an IR. You know, he had eight targets on Thursday night football and a touchdown. So he's definitely a guy to monitor to, as well. Um, you know, he's a, he's a flex for me. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, even with, even have, even on Thursday night, he came back, right? You know, he had Evan Inger was the guy who had the majority of the target share. Sterling Shepard was second. And then, Darius Slayton was was down the list. So I do think that they like Sterling Shepard. Every time he plays, he definitely has a safe floor. Um, so I think that Sterling Shepard deserves to be added. And the last guy for my wife's position. Now, this is this might be more for Dynasty or for deeper leagues. But I think Marquez Callaway of the New Orleans Saints deserves to be added or even looked at. I mean, we had Emmanuel Sanders out. We had Michael Thomas out. And we don't really don't know the stats of Michael Thomas. Like, he hurt his hamstring. But there's so many rumors about him being traded that he's asking for a trade. So you're kind of wondering, okay, what what's really the potential of some of these receivers behind Michael Thomas if that does happen? So we thought like Trey Con Smith would be the guy who stepped up and have the targets because we saw Emmanuel Sanders not play because of COVID. Michael Thomas was inactive. You're like, okay, well, this should be a safe play for Trey Con Smith. But of course, every time we think that, someone else comes around and takes the targets and the lead for wide receiving for the Saints. So Marquez Callaway was that guy. So I think that you look at the target share, he had 11 targets on Sunday. Traquan Smith had four. So, you know, he is, he's the guy that potentially was used, obviously was favored by Sean Payton. So I do think that based on the status of what's going on with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, he may be a guy that you don't probably have to force yourself to get, but just keep his name kind of under your radar or on your radar just in case they are inactive again, and you need someone to play. So it'll be interesting. But when you say that, you know, one week it was Traquan Smith supposed to be the guy that you're supposed to play. Then Emmanuel Sanders was the guy that did well. And then when you play Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith was a guy that did well. So this is a situation that I try to avoid if I have to. But if you're in deeper leagues, this may be a guy that you would get, especially in Dynasty, based on the unknown stats of what's going on, really going on with Michael Thomas. And then going to the tight end position, uh, I, I mentioned him last week, but because he was on a bye week this week, he wasn't added in a lot of leagues. But Trey Burton continues to be a guy to add. You know, he had a very good game before the bye week. He had two touchdowns. You know, Mal- Mo Ali Cox was injured, and his stats are still kind of unclear on what's going to happen in week eight. But Trey Burton definitely fits Frank, Frank Wright's kind of game plan, his scheme because of his athleticism. So I think Trey Burton is a guy that uh, definitely could could be a good add. However. He does play Detroit. Detroit is very stingy against the tight end. I mean, Hayden Hurst was a guy who did the best, of, you know, against them. He had twelve, you know, he had twelve PPR points. So generally, they're not that, you know, you generally don't get that type of score from the Detroit Lions. But Hayden Hurst was able to. 
So I think that Trey Burton, he could be added. However, has a tough matchup. And I think Dallas Goddard for the Philadelphia Eagles, he's still on IR, but he's supposed to be returning soon. He's a guy that uh, you could sneaky, you know, like be a sneaky add to your roster based on probably no fab, you know, needed for him. Uh, a lot of people are probably not looking at what they can, what they need for a couple of weeks from now. They're looking at what they need this week. But this is a sneaky guy to add on to your roster. He has one of the most favorable strength of schedule when it comes to the playoffs. You know, we still don't know how when Zach Ertz will come back. So I think Dallas, Dallas Gar is a guy that you could add uh, fairly cheap. You know, you just want to try to get ahead of all your league mates before, you know, he he starts playing again and he has a big game. And then my last tight end for this week is Harrison uh, Bryant of the Cleveland Browns. Now, this was a this was a situation that we're unclear of when we're trying to figure out start sits for week eight. Obviously, Austin Hooper went out with the emergency appendectomy. So he's not going to play. He didn't play in week seven. He, didn't, he's, he might not play in week eight. Now, with that being the case, we're like, okay, is it Harrison Bryant or is it going to be David Njoku? The, you know, Harrison Bryant got the start. He had a, you know, a great matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, scored two touchdowns. He, was, he had four receptions for 56 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he plays the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Um, then they have a bye week. So Vegas... They're not terrible against the tight end. I mean, Gronk just had a big game against them, but that's Gronk. Um, I honestly have not watched enough of Harrison Bryant to know exactly if he's a... I know he's a very athletic tight end. I know that he was very good in college, um, but it was almost like his coming out party on Sunday. He had his opportunity, but when it comes to what it was opportunity would be like when Austin Hooper comes back, that's still going to be unclear. So I think that if you're looking for a tight end for this week and maybe only this week... I think Harrison Bryant definitely can be a guy you can stream. So, and when it comes to defensive streamers for week eight, I think a good streamer is obviously we got Kansas City Chiefs. They played the Jets this week. Obviously, uh, just anybody who can play the Jets, you're going to play that defense against them. And I think honestly, the Chargers are a decent team to play against the Denver Broncos. We saw what the Chiefs just did against the Denver Broncos. They scored 24 defensive points. I mean, they had a kickoff return, a pick, a pick six. So, I, I mean, I think that the way Denver Broncos offense is right now, I think that, you know, you can have a pretty safe play with the Chargers. And I think the Eagles, another another team that you could probably start is the Eagles. They play the Cowboys. Don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. So I think that that, that could be a decent, a decent play if you definitely are desperate for a streamer for week eight. But that's all my top waiver wire pickups for week eight. I hope that some of these guys are available in your league and these guys you can get and help you win for week eight, hopefully be guys that you could play uh, throughout the season. But that's it for today's episode. You know, thank you so much for listening. You know, please like comment and share this podcast and the YouTube with your friends and family on the next episode on Thursday, I'll be doing my Thursday night football um, preview. So don't forget to hit subscribe. So you don't miss that episode. But if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at the Gridiron Pod. You can find us over on Instagram at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all on Thursday. Take care.